What's up, Monarch Nation? This is Aaron from the Monarchist Podcast. We have some awesome baseball content ahead for you this week. We've had the opportunity to sit down with Coach Chris Finwood to talk about this year's team, the season ahead, NCAA baseball rule changes, and lots more. We then chat with Rick French, Senior Associate Athletic Director, Facilities and Operations, and share what's in the works for the new baseball stadium. Finally, CB comes back to the show, and we get into detail on his initial impressions for this year's baseball squad. You'll hear Mike and I talk about the timing in regards to this year's Dollar for Dingers campaign. Since the time we recorded, some things have changed, and Dollars for Dingers will most likely take place towards the end of the season, just like the past two seasons. We will promote it earlier, as it's gained momentum with such awesome fan support. You'll hear directly from Coach Chris Finwood on how much Monarch Nation's Dinger support means for the squad and how it's employed. We'll have more baseball coverage in the not-too-distant future, so stay tuned. If you haven't subscribed on your favorite podcast app, please do so. Also, if you enjoy the content, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating and review. It helps with the algorithms and potential sponsors to help us continue to bring this podcast to Monarch Nation. And now, we hope you enjoy the show. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. Today, we welcome Coach Chris Finwood back to the show. The feedback from Monarch Nation was awesome last time, so we're thrilled to have you back. What's shaking, Coach? Aaron, Mike, Happy New Year, guys. It's wonderful to be back on and just uh, appreciative of all, all the things you guys do for all of our athletic teams and ODU. And, you know, it's really neat. The, the organization and the following you all have created. Uh, it's certainly been beneficial to our, our baseball team. Well, we appreciate that. We can't wait for baseball to start. And uh, fortunately, the schedules work out a lot of times that we can actually go and watch some tennis and watch you guys in the same day. It's super convenient. So Perfect. we're pretty stoked about that. Yeah, that's great. That's good to hear. Um, we'll have to tell uh, Dom and, and Dominic, good job on their schedule in there. Absolutely. So let's get started. First and foremost, you've got your own podcast, the Extra Finnings Podcast. Tell Monarch Nation when that's going to start this year and uh, anything you want them to know about it. Yeah, I think this will be our fifth year doing it. And um, so it's it's been a lot of fun. It starts next week. We usually start that first week in February. Uh, we're going to do, do it next Tuesday. Usually do it on Mondays and it's out on Tuesday. Uh, I can't do it next Monday, so we're going to do it Tuesday, maybe up Tuesday night or, or Wednesday sometime. So, you know, that first um, that first uh, episode will have uh, Coach Hadra, our new assistant, on there. Uh, John Valines is going to come on and talk about the the stadium project. Um, Bo Callen will be my my guest host for the cup third year in a row, and we really enjoy his his input. Uh, both seen more baseball games here probably than anybody uh, other than me in the last 10 years. So uh, we, we like having Bo as a part of that. And our, our new um, sports info contact there, Pierce Yarbury, will be helping us put that on. So um, we're always taking song suggestions for the episodes. And I may, I may have to go through you guys, uh, or I guess our Instagram or 
our Twitter account at ODU Baseball. I, I got off all of uh, social media last um, fall, did a little personal journey on that, and I've enjoyed that immensely, actually. So I get the need for it. Um, wasn't feeding what, what I needed, so decided to quit it. And uh, But we still have ways to get the word out. So I think anybody that has a song suggestion, uh, we, we really appreciate those. We've had some great ones, and we usually try to have a theme. I'll come up with the first one, um, you know, just getting us getting us back going, and uh, then we'll roll from there. Well, we're looking forward to it. I know Mike and I are both subscribed to the podcast, so we just get that notification when it's ready to go. That's yeah, the best way for Monarch Nation to do it. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, you guys are much more – technically savvy than than i am so somebody usually send it to me and then i'll listen to it and see where i screwed it up but you know the beauty of these podcasts is just it's it's such a great um organic thing because you can't really mess it up i guess and you, know, you just have fun and roll with it well i i'm a big fan of the podcast it's one of the to get your opinion on how the season is going how the players are playing in the middle of the season is not something we get with all sports. Right. So I, I really appreciate that insight, but my favorite part of your show is you talking about what you're reading. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of really good friends and, um, they, they send me book suggestions and, and I send, I do the same with them and, you know, I'm an avid reader as most people know. And, we're always trying to grow. And one of the ways we do it is by the books we read. So I'm in the middle of a bunch of good ones now and uh, looking forward to sharing some of those as well. All right. So this off season brought a lot of changes to ODU baseball. We have a new conference we're going to be playing in. There's a lot of rule changes going on in NCAA baseball that will impact the program. And we are in the middle of this big stadium project. Let's start off with this move to the Sun Belt. Uh, what kind of background work have you done to prepare for this new league? You know, that's a great question. I, I was in the Sun Belt for six years at Western Kentucky back in the uh, the mid two thousands when I was there, and a lot of the same teams. There's some new teams in there as well, but I'm very familiar with the league um, style of play from a lot of the teams. It, it's a fantastic baseball league very much on par with Conference USA. You know, usually Conference USA and the Sun Belt were four or five or five, six, or, you know, somewhere in there right neck and neck in the RPIs uh, most years. And last year was a, you know, two years ago was a banner year for CSA, putting four teams in the regional. Last year, banner year for the Sun Belt, getting four in. And so, you know, a lot of quality teams, just different names from what we've been you know, seeing for the last 10 years. And um, you talk, start talking about, well, of course, Southern Miss comes over with us. We all know how good they are. Uh, you start talking about Texas State. I think they won 45 games last year. Um, South Alabama is a perennial NCAA tournament team. Um, you got uh, Louisiana Lafayette, or they like to just be go by Louisiana. They get mad when you throw the Lafayette in there, or as they say, Lafayette. Um, they're, they're a fantastic program and one of the best crowds in college baseball. I remember playing there, uh, at Western and always a fantastic, fantastic crowd. Um, you know, Troy university is very good. Obviously coastal Carolinas, uh, you know, college world series, national champion, 
Um, and, and so you got, uh, you got some teams that, you know, um, are, are just really, really fantastic. Georgia Southern hosted an NCAA regional last year. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. And then we had a, an in-state rival in James Madison. So that's going to create, you know, a nice little rivalry between our two schools. So coach, obviously you've had players graduate and drafted in the off season. So you, we're going to talk a little bit about what your squad is going to look like going forward. When you have that many players leave, what's your off season? So from the, the fall to this point, what's that look like for you and your coaches? Yeah, it's a lot of development with the new guys, um, getting, getting them, getting us all on the same page. I mean, progress takes a while, especially in baseball. I think in anything, you know, you got to be willing to pedal the bike for a while and um, you got to put the miles in. So we've got a good group and, you know, it took this team most of the fall to, to come together and kind of get each other. We certainly have had our share of growing pains, uh, but we've, we've gotten through it. I think we've, uh, We've had some guys really develop some leadership roles. Thomas Wheeler, who's a fifth-year senior, done a real good job with that. Um, you know, on the pitching side, Sam Armstrong has done a fantastic job of leading that pitching staff. So we, uh, we're fortunate. We've got kids of high character. They like to work. And it just took us a little while to bond. Uh, and, and, and probably no more time than a normal team it's just the last few years because of covid and some other things we had the same team basically and um you know so the guys were already they were already bonded and you know that didn't that didn't have to be a process we went through and so this year it has been and it's ongoing but it's also really gratifying to watch guys watch teams come together and you know become closer we don't have the time to go position by position with all these sure. new faces, but if, if there are a few names of players, new guys that you're most excited about and you think fans will be most excited to watch, who would they be? Yeah, the new guys, um, you know, you guys know me. I always would rather talk about the returning guys because I think they make or break your team. Everybody wants to know about the new guys. I get it. Uh, the new guys that um, – I think have made a, a, a significant impact, you know, in our, our fall scrimmages and, and our, our preseason ones already. Um, certainly um, Hunter Fitzgerald is a, a left-handed hitting first baseman. He's a junior college player from South Florida. Um, he's, he's been one of our better hitters. Uh, he's driving the ball. He's, he's a good hitter. He's a big kid, probably six four, two thirty. And a good first baseman, very athletic over there. Uh, he's, he's done a really good job. Then we've got another big left-handed hitter, Jake Tyser, who's uh, about 6'7", about 250. He's a, he's a beast. And, um, you know, he's also a lefty hitter and has been one of our better hitters. And uh, he had a ball um, Saturday, you know, with that the, the metrics thing, the, the track man thing we have up on the board said went 480. And so that's, that's, that's a long ways. That's out in the road pretty far. And uh, so he, he's, he's another guy, uh, another older player, you know, Jake, interestingly enough, Tyser is from Matt Kootenay's junior college, Colby, Colby community college in Kansas. So we had a little connection there. Um, and then another one, Cam Grimes, who's a fifth year senior 
um, transferring for one year. And Cam will hit somewhere in the top of the order. He's a fantastic hitter. He can play outfield, infield. He's a very versatile player, um, really good player. So th those three guys on the hitting side, maybe. Uh, Robbie O'Neill is another junior college transfer. He's a switch hitting catcher from Pitt Community College down in Greenville. That'll be our number one catcher. He, he can really throw. Uh, he's got some power from both sides, so we're excited about having him. Um, on the pitching side, you know, uh, with, with Blake Morgan and Sam Armstrong coming back to kind of anchor the rotation, that creates some nice feelings there. Um, John Hollibetz is a right-hander. That's a portal transfer portal guy from Radford University that uh, is really throwing the ball well. He was touching 96 the other day uh, in scrimmage. And uh, so he's doing a good job. Uh, we got Jacob Gomez back, who's been a really good piece for us out of the bullpen. Um, you know, we've got some some other kids. Uh, Robert Cook is a fifth, is a grad transfer from Virginia Wesleyan, left-hander. You know, throws the ball in the low 90s with a good breaking ball. And he led the nation last year, uh, Interesting, interestingly enough, at Virginia Wesleyan. He led Division Three, the whole country, in strikeouts. And uh, so he'll be a good piece for us to throw in there. Um, and then we got some some freshmen, you know, that are, are coming in that I think are going to be pretty good. They just have to get their feet wet. So it's uh, it's an exciting group. All right, let's talk style of play. So anyone that's paid attention to Monarch baseball the last couple of years, don't blink because the ball is going to get hit and it's going to get hit far. Lots of home runs. So with the turnover and new guys coming in from a style of play perspective, what do you expect here? Power, more defensive, speed, and getting guys moving on the bases and trying to manufacture runs? What should Monarch fans expect? Yeah, I think we always try to be well-rounded. Um, we've got some guys like Wheeler and Trujillo and Edwards and Dingler that can run. So we'll we'll try to run when the situation dictates. Um, interestingly enough, you know, People thought maybe that we, and, and you never know, but um, might not hit as many home runs. And, you know, two falls ago, that team that hit 128 or whatever it was, hit 15 in the fall. Um, this team this year hit 40 last fall. We hit 10 last weekend in three scrimmage games, but none were over seven innings. And I like our pitching. So I don't think it's that. I think we've got more guys um that are capable of hitting the ball out of the ballpark and uh they're just not missing the mistakes they're they're hitting them and hitting them well and it's still been cold so it's not like it's great for the hitters yeah so i, I think we've got the potential to still drive the ball now we, we don't talk about hitting home runs ever um i think coach hadra our new hitting coach and uh cody semler you know who's our new volunteer really done a good job with helping develop some some really repeatable swings that find the center of the baseball with the middle of the bat. And when you do that, it's got a chance to go somewhere. So, um, you know, we talk about being uh, producers, not directors. It doesn't really matter which direction it goes as long as it goes somewhere hard. And uh, we'll let them worry about where it goes after that. So, um, so far, you know, the guys are coming along um, and uh, it's, we're off to a, a solid start. One of my last question, you said you like to talk about returners. So yeah. here's your chance. Is there a, <laughs> is there a couple guys or a guy that made a jump this offseason that's going to surprise fans? 
from a surprise standpoint, I don't know. Obviously, people have only seen bits and pieces of Chris Dingler because of the injuries the last three years. He hasn't played a full season yet. He's a fantastic player. Um, he's so athletic. He's wiry. He, he reminds me of a poor man's Dansby Swanson. That's, that's who he plays like. Uh, he can play second and short. He can run. He, he can hit the ball, you know, in the gap and hit it out of the park. He's, he's just a very talented kid, and he's finally, you know, knock on wood, healthy. And, um, you know, he just – some days he's just our best player without a doubt. So he's won. Thomas Wheeler's back for his third year. He'll anchor center field and probably hit lead off. And Wheels just keeps getting better and better and better. Um, Josh Trujillo, who hit 300 last year in his first year here, uh, same junior college as Wheels, can really run, fantastic defender. I mean, we got two true center fielders out there when they're both out there together. And then Kenny Lavari, you know, he'll be a third-year starter and has tons of big at-bats for us. I think Kenny's really continuing to develop himself um, you know, had a, had a good end of the year last year, went up to the Cape and did well. And he's, uh, he's come back and playing really well on the mound. Obviously starts with Blake Morgan. I mean, guy was, you know, a first team freshman, all American first team, all conference freshman of the year, you name it. He won it last year. You know, when you go eight and zero with like a one five as a freshman ERA, that's pretty spectacular. Um, he's back, and uh, he's picked up some weight, picked up some velocity on his fastball. I think that will bode well for him. Uh, Sam Armstrong is a completely different guy than he was a year ago. He's dropped 30 pounds. Uh, the body's moving. You know, he was sitting at 93 to 95 on Friday. Uh, and the slider and everything's better about him uh, this year. He's, he looks like a guy that, really has a chance to be a, a, a workhorse for us. So um, Jacob Gomez, you know, mentioned him. He's been so valuable for us the last two years. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many jams that kids come into games and bailed us out of. And he just is, uh, he's like a Swiss army knife. You just stick him in there when you need him and he cuts people up. So I uh, really, really like him. And uh, those would be the top three. Joey DiChiaro is a, a senior that, has thrown, shown flashes of brilliance, but he's been inconsistent. The arm's really good. I think he's throwing the ball well for us. So those are some guys maybe that are returners that I think we can we can point to. Mike, do you want to move to talking about the stadium a little bit, or do we want to ask about uh, some of these 2023 rule changes? I think rule changes will be a better get to okay. the stadium. Okay. All right, Coach. So obviously there's – you know, there's some updated rules, new rules, some updated rules for 2023. Mike and I are curious as what your thoughts are on some of these things. So whether you have opinions or you really don't care, the first one is the the whole action clock and updates of, of that. What are your thoughts on that and how it affects the, the flow of the game? Yeah, my thoughts on all of those speed up the game rules are the same. I think they're ridiculously absurd to save 10 minutes or whatever people that enjoy a baseball game enjoy it they don't they don't need it to be 10 minutes shorter um, all these rules we make just make it more difficult to have a flow of a baseball game you know we were out there today working you know and talking through some of this because uh, we were working on some pickoff plays and you know hey if you step off once now they tell you one 
And then if you step off again and don't throw the ball, it's a ball. But if you throw it, it's in nothing. It starts over. So you're actually going to slow the game down with that rule because now guys have to actually throw it over there, uh, which is absurd. But the, the rules they make just seem to make sense to them. I, the whole pitch clock thing is ridiculous. It's not doing anything really to speed the game up, in my opinion. And, you know, I, I, this isn't professional baseball. It's college baseball. I would prefer they just leave everything alone and say, hey, we're just going to play eight innings instead of nine. If you want to save 30 minutes, like do that um, and let you let you just play the game the way it's meant to be played. But they don't ask me for my – I'm not on the rules committee. It's probably a good thing because I probably wouldn't have a lot of friends on there, I guess. I, I voice my opinion to the people that I can. Um, so th that's the major one. I think, um, there's some minor ones, but that's, that's going to be the major one. And we're trying to navigate our way, how to, how to handle that. And I don't think you ever really know until you start playing and you see how guys are, are going to call it. I think it was Charlotte last year that was using a pitch clock. Yeah. It seemed, it seems like their pitchers were still taking longer than ours to deliver to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we, we did implement the, the game ready sign. So we'll have the wristband and uh, the catchers and the pitchers and the middle infielders. And so the, the signal just goes right to both. You look, you just glance down. It's like looking at your watch. So there's no relay of signs anymore, um, which does speed the game up. And it's also keeps there since there are no signs, there's none to steal. And so you, it alleviates a lot of that that's going on. And I'm in favor of that. So the catcher's got the earpiece. He can hear the pitching coach. Um, he also has the, the quick game ready. He can glance at his, you know, basically just looking at your watch, you get three numbers. The pitcher gets the same three and you go. So it's a, it's a little different. You know, that part of it I have no problem with because it actually is faster and you don't have to worry about people stealing. So on that note, coach, so the pitching coach sends that into the catcher, into the pitcher, pitcher looks at his wrist and is like uh, i'm not feeling that yeah so we, how, how does yeah. that work yeah you still have your wipe system so uh above the above the waist so you wipe the chest to add and below the waist you wipe the leg to subtract so in other words if you got a you know breaking ball and you want to throw a fastball you know you subtract from two to one and everybody knows your fastball so you still have the ability to switch it yeah i appreciate you sharing that insight sure. um over the last few years, anyone that's watched college baseball has seen the proliferation of on-field props. Celebration of the game, you know, home runs. You guys had yours. Everybody seems to have that. And yeah. that's something that it looks like that's being kind of pulled back on that it's got to happen in the dugout, can't happen on a field. Yeah. Um, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of was getting out of control with people throwing sledgehammers around and things like that, so... I think I think celebrations in the dugout are fine. You know, we we had the home run chain, and that thing became an entity to itself. We kept adding to it, but uh, it's still somewhere around here. So you you can wait till you get in the dugout to do that. We, you know, my whole thing with the celebrations, I tell the guys is, you know, let, let's let's have enthusiasm, um, but let let's just not you know ever try to show up our opponents. Let's be respectful. And I think some of the celebrations kind of went past the point of that any more rule changes Aaron? i'm not smart enough to know the other ones are um i thought the I, big one would be this summer 
and they're adding the the volunteers now uh, a paid staffer. Yeah, that's a great one to talk about. It's certainly happening, and um, I think the you know it's it's the NCAA trying to keep from being sued. So we're we're working on that currently. Um, we will add you know another paid assistant for next next see next school year and um you know i don't know exactly how that's going to look yet but we're going to have it and I, I would imagine every team in our league will i think the other one that i saw and i don't know if this is actually was signed but was talking about extra inning games starting with a runner on second is that actually gone through so it's a league by league thing as far as i know the Sun Belt's not doing it the sec is doing it I just talked to uh, Carl Nonamaker this morning at Auburn, who was an assistant here for six years, and they're doing it if you have a flight curfew. So if you have a Sunday flight and you're getting uh, – Sunday when they come to the plate, basically if you have a, a commercial flight, not a charter, then um, any extra innings are always going to start with a runner on second. So we did that a few years ago in um, the COVID year. Um to practice it, and we actually had one game uh, that year, I think, against Northeastern that went into extras, and we did the – we played two extra innings, and that one ended up winning, um, you know, in the 11th. But um, we didn't end up playing any in conference play, uh, crazy enough. So I'm not super in favor of it. Um, it is it is a drastic change from what you're doing, certainly. And uh, But I guess if you're going to do it, you need to practice it. All right. I, I think the other rule change that's being bandied about but has not been uh, passed yet is an expansion of the tournament to match the number of teams that are fielded. So I think it would be I think it's something like 30 percent of the teams would make it. Yeah, so that's, that would com- that's coming. It's not going to be for this year, uh, but it is coming. Yeah, we talked about that actually in our athletic department staff meeting. So. Yeah, it will. It will. When you have more than two hundred, I think, teams sponsoring a sport, um, then it goes to the percentage, basically, um, which is a good thing because, you know, you think about twice in the last five years we've been the, you know, the first team out, and uh, we would have certainly been in in all of those uh, instances. And so, you know, with the with the Power Five schools taking a monopoly on a lot of the at large spots. Um, it gives the, the good mid-majors, the high mid-majors, like Sunbelt, Conference USA, teams a, a better opportunity to get into it. All right. My big concern with that expansion would be them just eating up even more of the at-larges. Oh, no, it could it could certainly happen, yeah. I mean, they're going to, um, you know, but I think it also gives the, you know, the, the good RPI mid-majors a, a, a little bit more room as well. All right. You know we love OD baseball. We started – Dollars for Diggers just because of how much we love OD baseball. So we'd love to talk to you about where that money goes to, your enhancement fund, and and how that money gets spent. Because we'd like to kick this off a little bit earlier this year so we can make it an even more successful campaign. I have a question, guys. How much money has that generated over the last two years? Do you have an idea? What what is it? just about twenty five thousand dollars. That's that's I, I, that is incredible. That's what I thought. I thought it was a little over twenty, almost twenty five thousand. I mean, I can't tell you how thankful we are for that. Every penny of that goes into our enhancement fund, and that fund is used specifically 
uh, to support our players, whether it's extra spikes or um, workout gear, uniforms, or ability to you know travel a little bit better. Um, all of those things we use it for. It goes directly to the players, uh, gives us a chance to you know run a, a really good program, and you know we we need those types of gifts. And what a cool way to to do it when you guys came up with that i think people just kind of ran with it and it became its it became its own entity for a while um but i i really appreciate y'all starting it and to think that we've gotten raised almost twenty five thousand dollars in two years is is just amazing absolutely i mean that that came out of um you know we were all watching intently while y'all were playing down in south carolina and you know once that was done we kind of we kind of had a empty feeling and <laughs> so we were like, well, <laughs> I bet I was like, what, what, what can we do? You know, what could we do? So we just kind of put a tweet out there and luckily Monarch nation came along with us. And so that first year we raised just under $10,000, I think with the, the help of, you know, what maybe about a, a hundred or so um, fans who joined with us. And then this past year we were able to get it to about 15,000. So, you know, Mike and I are really excited about trying to kick this thing off earlier, like what Mike was saying. And, you know, ODAF was kind enough last year to allow us to use the crowdfunding site to engage with the Monarch Nation, because this is a completely organic thing that's just a couple yeah. couple knuckleheads and the rest of the monarchists have helped to push out. And uh, so this year, Casey showed us a new thing that we might be able to go to. So hopefully Monarch Nation can stay tuned for that. And uh, hopefully we can beat last year's and uh, keep that snowball growing a little bit. Yeah, I will make sure on my podcast I mention it each week, too. Like, I think the more people that know about it, uh, the better. And give me – if you guys will give me that information, I'll make sure I pass it along uh, as well. We absolutely will. All right. So there's another thing you're campaigning for right now, and it's to renovate the bud. Uh, Talk to us about that process, how it's going, and uh, how fans can help. Yeah, you know, this started uh, at the the 2021 regional, um, you know, when we weren't able to host and everybody was up in arms about that, that, that seed got planted in the ground. And, um, you know, thankfully, um, our new president, Brian Hemphill, has been just phenomenally supportive of this. I mean, this never happens without... Uh, his support and the university support. So we're so grateful for him uh, for for spearheading this, basically. And um, I don't know what the number is now. It's, you know, 17, 18, a little bit more than that. Um, million out of the 20 we were trying to raise, you know. Um, so we're getting close. We, we're still not there yet. Um, but we, we've started. So we, we, hired, we did the feasibility study. You guys all saw that. Um, we hired the A&E company, Populous. It's the same, same company that did it, who are just fantastic. Uh, we actually have our second or third meeting we've had with them tomorrow morning um, regarding this. And actually, phase one, we can honestly say, has been completed, our new lights. So that was um, you know $675,000. Uh, we've got brand-new LED lights, Musco. They're really really nice um and we've been out under them 
you know, just about finishing up practice every day. So getting used to them and they're, they're really, uh, really upgrade the, the lighting at the bud. So, you know, the, the, the planning and design phase is going to be about a year. Uh, so the, by the time they get a contractor hired and, and ready to dig, it'll be January, late January of 24. So because of that, we will not be playing any games. We'll be able to practice, but we won't be able to play any games here in the 24 season. So we're currently, you know, talking to uh, uh, the War Memorial Stadium in Hampton, the Peninsula Pilots and that group. And then I, I have a call tomorrow morning uh, with Joe Gregory and talk about possibility of playing some games at Harbor Park early in the season before the, the tides get in town. So we're going to pursue those two options first and see how feasible all of that is. Nothing's ever as simple as just saying, hey, sure, come on and play. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But we're, we're hopeful that we, between those two, we can keep our home schedule um, somewhat home. And, you know, it'll be a transition year, but all for the very best reasons, you know, and, and then in 25, we should be in the brand new, the brand new ballpark and uh, the Elmer family stadium, you know, maybe instead of the bud, we'll call it the L uh, something like that. So I like nicknames. So Mike and I have a lot of things we're excited about for, for the new stadium. Um, but what is more important is what you're excited about in the new stadium. So could you share with with the fans like what you're most excited about for your coaches, your players, more importantly, and how it's going to help help you and your staff attract the next generation of student athletes coming to your program? Sure. The, the, the two most important things on this were one, the everydayness. You know, I said we, we can't sacrifice what happens here every day for what might happen here 30 times a year. We want this to be a really nice place for the fans. We're, we're going to make sure that's the case. However, the most important thing is what happens every day, which is the players come here and the coaches come here. And so we wanted it to be just logistically really comfortable, um, a new brand new locker room, brand new lounge, brand new training areas, um, brand new coaches offices, lounge, coaches areas those were really important to, to get into this. And we did. And then the next part was, you know, let's get, let's make the fan experience better. Uh, we have more club levels, loads levels, like areas where people can congregate inside and outside uh, based on weather. Um, we also all chairbacks basically in the bowl instead of the uh, crappy aluminum cold bleachers. Um, we're keeping the rally alley where it is. We'll add some amenities around it. Um, you know, and then the last part is going to be turf in the playing surface. So it'll be complete AstroTurf, um, which allows you a lot more flexibility from a weather standpoint. So those were the main things. Aesthetically, it's beautiful. Adding the brick and the facades and making that, you know, that front door something that's really, really pleasing to see and, and inviting like, you know, come on in, man. This is a cool spot. Like, uh, you know, it's a place you can really enjoy watching a game, see a good brand of baseball. And, you know, when you're out there on the street looking in, it's it's going to be a, a really, really, you know, wonderful view. And uh, it's not that way currently, but we'll, we'll make it that way. So if a fan wants to get involved with helping this become a reality, what would you tell them to do? Just call ODAF? 
Yeah, contact John Belines, um, you know, who's our main contact, Casey Seglis as well, anybody anybody in ODAF, you know, and let them know that you're interested in contributing to the uh, the baseball stadium fund, and um, we'll, we'll get you pointed in the right direction. All right, Coach. Well, we thank you so much for joining us tonight. We can't wait to be out the bud with you. Well, it's two weeks from Friday, baby. So who's counting? Here. Yeah, it's going to be here whether we like it or not, right? And uh, I told the guys, I said, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, our guys came back in really good shape. I'm really proud of them. We've had some fantastic workouts. Everybody's pretty healthy for the most part. And, um, you know, I said, it, it doesn't matter how many reps you've had. Like, you're going to have the butterflies on opening day. And that's a good thing. It's the way it's supposed to be. And uh, we'll get we'll get the kinks worked out. We've got two more weekends of scrimmages and practicing, and that's just to start the season. I mean, nobody's super sharp when you start. Baseball is certainly a game uh, that you need to play your way into, and because uh, it's a long season. So we're excited about uh, the opportunities, and we certainly appreciate everything you guys do, Aaron and Mike, for helping us. And you know, hopefully, some people will get behind and. And buy some, uh, buy some, you know, season tickets as well. The voucher books are on sale. Um, I think why not ticks maybe on the website is the place to go. And um, we, one last thing, you guys saw, we, we had a great crowd at the first pitch dinner a couple Fridays ago. Uh, Coach Polk speak spoke um, way too long, but. Uh, the, uh, Mike, Mike, and I were actually talking about that before uh, before you went, came on. He won't listen to this, so I can say it. But he he spoke about twenty minutes too long, which which drug on. But I thought Matt Sinnon's talk was so heartfelt. You know, Ryan Zimmerman's video message to him was so heartfelt and genuine. It, it was really touching. And you know, to see a, a big tough guy like Matt Sinnon up there get broken up, talking about his wife and his family, and that guy put four kids through this program. So he he bleeds a little bit of ODU blue for sure. Um, but I was really gratified to listen to his speech. He's a fantastic baseball guy. And you know, we're happy. We were hoping to get Vinny there. I'm, I'm getting to get Vinny to be our speaker next year. Um, but he, he sent us a nice video message as well. And what a great ambassador for our program. And, you know, adding him to the wall. We added Jared Young to the wall as well. So we got two brand new Monarchs up there on the wall. And Man, three Monarchs in Kansas City Royals uniform, huh? I, I was about to say that. I grew up a diehard Mets fan as a, a young kid with uh, season tickets to the Tidewater Tides. But um, one of my sweet mates from college is actually assistant general manager for the Royals. So it's uh, it's kind of starting to become my team. I You know, it's hard not to. Hard, who is that, Aaron? Jin Wong. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. Well, I know Dayton, Dayton Moore and J.J. Piccolo very well um, from their coaching days, and so they're out there still. But having Matt there, and I'm sure Matt had some influence in getting Yarby there for, for that, uh, and then Vinny there. And, you know, there's some old uh, Kansas City Monarchs uniforms floating around out there, which are, that's kind of a neat thing because we, we call them the Kansas City Monarchs now. I'm going to have to check that out. I, now I'm starting to get excited. I almost think that we're going to have to plan like a, a Marcus road trip for a, a, a Royals um, series. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I sure think it, coming up to Baltimore, right? I mean, oh, I there we go. For me, the best trip might be if they do an interleague game with the Cubs. That Ooh. would be cool, yeah. Of course, with PJ, you know, PJ's with the Diamondbacks now. 
and um, he he's got to make the club, but I think he's gonna. And uh, so that that needed to happen for him. I mean, he's kind of running out of options with them. But with Jared Young, with Jared Young there, you know, hopefully he'll he'll stick. And you know, some of our minor leaguers are doing really well. Um, so it could be a couple more guys going up in the next few years. So we're running out of space, which is nice. Now I'm hopeful that Connor can have a, a good recovery from his surgery. Yep. Because he was yeah. pitching lights out before you got hurt. Yeah, I know. He's had the injury bug a little bit. But every time he gets healthy, he kind of jumps right in there, doesn't he? Yeah, so it's cool. Those guys are all making us so proud. Um, you know, and obviously with Justin Verlander uh, at the top of that heap and getting getting uh, signing with the Mets. Um, so that's, that's, that's neat, man. It does well. I mean, we had – we were one of 10 schools to have, uh, I don't know, six or more players in the major leagues last year. So that's, that's pretty neat company. Yeah, that that's an understatement. That's awesome. That's a testament to the job that you and your coaching staff are doing. And, uh, you know, what's nice is we come out and watch you guys play a lot at the bud, but then we can continue to follow these guys once they leave here so it's pretty exciting to be able to do it is nice it's it's great for you guys to be able to do it it's the same feeling we get man watching these guys move up bryce windham texted me last week and said he got invited to big league spring training with the cubs and how exciting that is you know um so all of that stuff just makes us feel good and these guys all just make us so proud all right coach well we really do appreciate you coming on and can't wait to see what y'all do this season. My pleasure. Hey, you had somebody steal your chair right behind you, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That's our third co-host, Scout. Scout doesn't doesn't miss a podcast. Oh, Scout just jumped right in your chair. So, uh, <laughs> dogs are great. Hey, thank you guys. Anytime, and um, I'm going to get with you and get you on my podcast, too, so we can promote uh, the Monarchist podcast as well as the Dollars for Dingers and everything else. Appreciate that, Coach. I would love to do that. All right. Have a good night. You too. All right, you too. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs. Monarchs.